This week on Into the Podverse, I'm joined by the brilliant Eric Montgomery, podcasting expert and founder of the Podcast Haven Company. He's also the host of Clipped. Eric brings a wealth of knowledge and experience to the table, shedding light on key considerations for podcasters when it comes to sponsorship opportunities and building a sustainable podcasting career. Stay tuned as we uncover valuable insights that will help you take your podcast to new heights. Pretty sure it's Techzilla. Hi, I'm Molly Jensen. Hi, I'm Kevin White Brown. I'm Kim Box, and you're listening to Into the Podcast with my dad, Tony Dill. Hi, Eric. Thank you so much for doing this. I'm really excited about this discussion we're about to have, and uh, it's a real pleasure to have you on the show. I'm stoked to uh, be a part of it, stoked to learn more about you as well, and uh, continue to follow you on LinkedIn. And uh, yeah, let's do this. Okay, so here we go. Now, Eric, as an experienced audio engineer and podcast producer, been doing this for quite a bit, what are some of the biggest challenges you've encountered in the podcasting industry? Honestly, I'd say some of the challenges that I've encountered, and it is getting better, but um, finding people, clients, shows, networks, whatever it is, um, that have the budget and that want to pay for like a real audio engineer, um, someone who you know, doesn't use a lot of the AI stuff or doesn't use Descript, nothing against Descript. I use that for some big content edits and transcription and stuff, but really just, you know, um, finding, uh, finding clients who take like the audio engineering seriously and have the budget to pay for someone who's been trained, who's been working in the industry for a long time. I mean, sure, there's a lot you can do now with AI and there's a lot you can do if you're not really as experienced um, and you can get away with some things and you can get your podcast audio sounding pretty good. But I think it's been a little bit of a challenge to convince the industry, to convince the podcasters and to convince everyone involved that um because I'm in Los Angeles and I think industries like TV and film um, hold their editors, their post-production people, audio people, video people on like a high regard. And there's like, a, it's a lot harder to get those kind of jobs. And I think we are starting to see more of that in podcasting where it's like, Hey, if you want to have like a su- successful show or a successful product, you need to hire people um, that know what they're doing and that have a big background in audio. And I think that's uh, going to continue to get better. And uh, audio engineers are going to get the respect that they deserve in post- podcasting and podcasting will be held um, as like an art form that's equal to the work it takes to like put out a TV show or, or um, a movie. And I'm talking about show podcasts that need that level of work, not just your everyday show. Hmm. Could you share some tips for aspiring podcasters on how to improve the audio quality of their shows? I'd like to get some tips too. (laughs) Honestly, for people to improve the quality of their shows, I think they just need to learn about audio. They need to learn what EQ is, what compression is, a dynamic mic versus a condenser mic. I think that they need to take some time to um, learn about how their room sounds not spend a ton of money, but like maybe put up some sound panels or listen. One thing I see people doing too that I 
drives me crazy is they don't wear headphones when they record. And so you can't hear how you sound on the mic. Um, you don't know if you pulled really far back from the mic, you stop paying attention. Whereas when you have headphones, you're dialed in, you can kind of hear how you sound. You can work on your speech cadence. You can work on how you pronounce things or the way that you talk. And I think that plays a role in uh, sounding better because the more comfortable you get with your own voice in your head, in your headphones, um, you can start to improve little things. And I think little things uh, start to add up over time and go a long way. And I, yeah, I would also just, like I mentioned, recommend people learn more about audio and frequencies and how to EQ and um, how to edit better, uh, you know, taking out uh, fillers and verbal tics and just, you know, I know most people just kind of want to start a show, whether it's for their business or brand, or they just want to have some beers with their buddies and and chat. And that's all well and good. I I encourage people to do what they want. But I think if you're serious about the craft, um, you need to learn about the art of audio and sounding good. And that just takes time. I mean, there's a ton of resources now online. But um, yeah, I recommend people spend some time like actually working on it instead of just podcasting being this buzzword and being like, oh yeah, like I got to start a podcast, not really knowing what the hell they're doing, recording in a room that sounds like crap and, uh, you know, recording on a mic or being too far away from the mic, learning about mic dynamics, that all plays into it. So I definitely recommend that. What role do you think podcast production companies like yours, Podcast Haven, play in shaping the future of the podcasting industry? Yeah, so as far as what role podcast production podcast production companies are going to play in shaping the future of audio, it kind of goes back to like the first question. Um, I think it's a good time to be a podcast agency, and I think there is a lot of work out there. However, I think... Um, you have to be good at what you do. And I think that goes into learning about audio, honing that craft. And I think, um, you know, the gimlets, well, they just laid people off, but Spotify, Wondery, Audible, Amazon, people that are putting out uh, big shows that require a lot of production. I think there's a lot of work for podcast agencies if they can fill that void, if they can fill that gap by, you know, being able to do the job, the sound design, the editing, the mixing. I think um, there's going to continue to be work in that regard. Um, And I think agencies can play a big role in like shaping the industry and just showing that um, podcasting is an art form and it, it takes a lot of work like TV and film and and churning out shows that have that level of production value. I will say that I think on like the lower end, agencies are going to have a hard time because most people want to just hop on the mic and either talk solo or like I mentioned, hang out with their buddies and chit chat about the game or whatever. Um, I think it's going to be harder for agencies to get that kind of work because agencies, it, it costs a premium to do business with them. And so um, it's, it's kind of like a double-edged sword. Like, yeah, you're probably not going to get as many clients because, you know, hobbyists and DIYers, they're going to be doing the work themselves. And so, um, they're obviously not going to be paying a premium that an agency will charge. But on the flip side, I think there's more, uh, heavily produced shows by larger companies with budgets that are looking for legit agencies to handle those shows. And so I think agencies can shape the future in that way by, yeah, just uh, putting out killer sounding shows, sound design, editing, mixing, like I mentioned, that kind of thing. Um, 
And so it's exciting. It's an exciting time to see. I know people are doing like Dolby Atmos mixing now where you kind of, it's almost like surround sound in a movie, but the podcast, you have to, I think you have to have the uh, a certain type of headphones or be in a certain listening environment, maybe a car. I don't know how, exactly how it works, but I think, um, you know, surround sound mixing for podcasting, that's on the horizon. Um, so there's things that are happening that agencies can definitely take advantage of. In your opinion, Eric, what are some emerging trends or technologies that will have a significant impact on the podcasting medium in the near future? The emerging tools or trends or technologies, obviously, that's probably AI. I mean, chat GPT on the planning front, researching guests, show notes, uh, that type of thing. But dude, there's a ton of like AI editing and mixing stuff like adobe podcast they just they just uh, you know adobe photoshop that company just dropped um like a whole ai suite descript which i mentioned mentioned earlier you can edit audio by editing text uh i don't know if your listeners are aware but descript d-e-s-c-i-r-p-t it'll transcribe your episode and then if you want to edit without actually knowing how to edit audio like in a DAW like editing waveforms um, you can just edit the text and if you edit like a paragraph of text um, it'll delete that corresponding audio and so editing by text I think is going to continue to grow Descript also has like built-in AI it's called studio sound you know it actually does a pretty decent job I hate to say it maybe I'm a little bitter but no I think those tools are good I think used in moderation they could help um, I think, uh, we're going to see more of that. I think, um, we're seeing a lot more too now with, um, like things like Patreon or, uh, pot, some podcast hosting platforms where they allow you to donate to the podcaster. And so you don't have, a, have to have a massive audience to monetize. I think we're going to see more direct, um, support of like independent podcasters from their communities from their fans not having to have you know like 20,000 downloads per episode to monetize that's going to continue to be there too because I think on the big end brands and companies um, are going to continue to advertise in shows that are big enough that they can do business with that they can get an ROI um, yeah I think um, obviously video podcasting it's already a trend but I think that's going to continue to grow um, all the clips and shorts on social media, which I'm on the fence about because I don't think that those things necessarily drive like podcast downloads and listenership. I mean, I see clips of like people talking on podcasts all the time on my Instagram or on, on YouTube, and I don't necessarily go and subscribe to those shows and become like a fan, but I do enjoy the clips and the little snippets of information, whether they're like thought provoking or funny or whatever the clip uh, is trying to provoke. I don't know that people that consume that stuff will become like listeners, but I think it just helps build brand awareness. Like I'm aware of these people now and maybe seeing their clips for the next six months, eventually like I'll be like, all right, it's time to subscribe. So I'm on the fence about that actually driving podcast growth, but I think that stuff definitely drives like brand awareness, company awareness, that type of thing. Now, as podcasting continues to grow in popularity, what advice would you give to podcasters who are looking to stand out and differentiate themselves from the competition? As far as standing out, 
I would say you have to niche down. And so I think gone are the days of just like talking about anything and everything or telling like your personal life story. I think you need to really focus your topic down. And if you want to talk about like baseball, that's too broad. Maybe make a podcast about a specific team. Or if you want to talk about um, like, for instance, I had, what was that example? Oh, like you want to do a show about dogs, pick a specific breed of dog, really narrow it down. Um, obviously if you narrow it down, it's going to be a smaller audience because you're not going broad, you're going narrow, but you're going to really find those diehards. Let's say it's golden retrievers. You're going to make this podcast specifically for people who love golden retrievers and you're going to become like the go-to person in your in the dog industry that talks about golden retrievers and i think yes it's smaller overall reach but i think you find more diehard fans that way i think once you have those diehard fans you really build your community you can build your tribe um and then if you eventually create some kind of monetization thing or membership thing, it's going to be easier because those people, they know exactly what you're going to be talking about. You're not going to be steering off track like episode to episode. And I think it's good for advertisers because, you know, with advertising, they want to get really granular and um, the look at your analytics and and they're they're going to want to know who they're they're advertising to, and if it's golden retrievers or golden retriever fans, um, that information is very straightforward. They're going to be like, okay, this podcast is about golden retrievers. We have like this product. Um, we can advertise specifically to this demographic. And I think when you niche down, you can get more um, granular with your demographics, and it just helps helps you grow. It helps advertisers. Um, and I think in the long run, you're going to have a better shot because if it's just about dogs, they're going to be competing with a ton of podcasts. But if it's about a specific breed, there's going to be less competition. Um, yeah, you could talk about anything, I guess. If you're already like well-known or celebrity or have influence, then you can kind of talk about anything and people will have buy-in. But in any case... Mm. What are some of the key considerations podcasters should keep in mind when it comes to monetization and sponsorship opportunities for their shows? Uh, well, yeah, I guess that's niching down because then you can find your target audience and advertisers can find that target audience. And I think with monetization, um, yeah, unless your show is massive, you're going to have to look to other ways to monetize, whether that's exclusive content that you release privately to like a, a subscriber group. Um, I think now more brands um, are looking for like micro influencers or like smaller, you know, you don't have to have a massive following, but if you're a golden retriever, like the go-to person, you know, brands that make products for golden retrievers, they're going to be more apt to work with you. Um, so I think finding sponsorships that way, reaching out to companies that really align with you and probably doing like a flat rate. I actually, my podcast is currently sponsored for the rest of the year. I'm not going to mention the name of, you could figure it out by listening, but, um, you know, I don't have a massive podcast to be honest. And, um, they were still willing to work with me because, it's a very focused show, my show, and um, this advertiser is really focused on the same audience as me. So I think, yeah, you could work out a flat rate for something like that and or like the exclusive content, the Patreon, the maybe 
paywalling like the video, uh, releasing the audio podcast for free, getting people to try to pay for the video and or getting donations. Like buy me a coffee is one site where people can like donate to you directly. I know Castos, the hosting platform just released Castos commerce, which is a, um, a direct fan to listener donation thing. And they don't take any, uh, a percent of that. So things like that are key. Um, and you're I think you'll see more of that. Talk to me about memorable success stories. Can you share one from your podcast production career where you help the client overcome a unique challenge or achieve their podcasting goals? Yeah, I, I mean, aside from working with like the the larger the the companies we work with, like we just signed on, and this is more like my production company, but the podcast kind of funnels into that, and and uh, it's all kind of part of the same thing in my eyes, but. Uh, so there's a podcast called the pint glass football podcast. And I don't know if there was like one specific thing that I helped them achieve or overcome, but they've been big supporters of my podcast clipped since day one. And they've sent me DMS about how my content has helped them. And it's like a wealth of info, a uh, wealth of information for new podcasters. Um, and so that just was awesome. It made me feel good. Um, still like DM with them a little bit. They've got a rad podcast. Check it out. Pint glass football podcast. Uh, yeah, just respect what those guys are doing. They're churning out good content and stoked to know that I was able to help them with some of my messaging, some of my tips and resources. How important do you think collaboration and networking are in the podcasting industry? I know I really want to go to podcast movement. <laughs> How do you foster those relationships within the podcast haven? I wish I kind of did this a little sooner. I started out doing a lot of solo shows with the focus on me, but um, I'm beginning to do more interview shows, but it's huge. Dude, the collaboration and networking is everything. Um, you know, you want to connect with people in your industry. You want to give them a platform if you're inviting them onto your show. I mean, think about it. Just even me coming on this show, Tony, like I'm pumped to be able to spread my message with your network and just connect with you more. I relate it to this, and I don't know that everybody could relate to this, but uh, in my like mid to late 20s, for about six or seven years, I played in a band, kind of successful. We had some some success opening up for like, we played on the same stages as like Warren G Lincoln park, um, et cetera. But the key to all that is, is networking and collaboration, meeting people. Hey, I'm in a band. You're in a band. Your band is larger than mine. Uh, how can, can we do a gig with you guys? Can we open up for you? Um, and vice versa, having people open up for us. But I think that, um, it's just all about community and not, you know, you're not, don't look at it as like competition, but like, it's like that stupid quote, like, what is it? Your network is your net worth. And it's kind of true with podcasting. The more you get involved trying to go on shows and inviting people on your show, the more you're going to build friendships, you're going to build um, community. You might even eventually build like a business relationship out of that. Um, so I think that's huge. I think places like LinkedIn too, for podcasting, are, are awesome. Instagram and all that. Eh, I, I don't know, but LinkedIn, you can actually connect with people and people are usually serious on LinkedIn or it's, it's more of like a place where people are want to connect with other people that are doing great things, supporting them and getting to know them. And I think that, um, just life in general, man, the more friends you have, the more family you have, 
the more business relationships you have. Um, I don't know exactly what it leads to, but it feels good. And I think life is like meant for relationships. And I think that overall, um, yeah, just getting together with other people, it just helps grow the industry and it's a win-win for everybody. So I think it's important. And I think do it early and often and don't be intimidated, you know, reach out to people. Most people are cool. It's like, don't, you know, shoot your shot, hit somebody up, like tell them, Hey, I'm really liking your stuff. You don't need, you don't got to like invite them on your show right away or try to get on their show. But just if you literally see somebody that's doing something on LinkedIn, that like you think is rad or you respect or whatever you think is inspiring, like let them know. There's a lot of people doing really cool um, out there in the world of podcasting and in business. And so I think it just starts with uh, reaching out, especially if it's remote. I mean, that's easy. No need to be intimidated. With the rise of voice assistants and smart speakers, how do you see podcasting evolving to accommodate these new listening platforms? Honestly, the rise of voice assistants and smart speakers, I think we're still at the impetus of that. The smart speaker thing, like... Yeah, I guess people can listen to shows like on their what, Amazon Echo or whatever they have, the Apple one or the Google one, like while they're making dinner or something. Um, I personally haven't done that. I don't have really any experience with that. I will say, though, that I produce another show that's kind of on – I don't really talk about it. It's just more of a passion project, but I do a lot of field recordings where I have like mobile recorders, and I go out and I record – um, leaves rustling or streams in the mountains or just relaxing sounds of like water dropping in the sink. Um, and then I've been doing this for like years and I have so much like footage backed up. I was like, I got to do something with this. So I, I started releasing it into a podcast. It's called tranquil tone. So tranquil and then tone. Um, and yeah, it's just like hour long, like relaxing soundscapes that you can listen to, to meditate or fall asleep or just chill. And, Per my analytics on Buzzsprout, I actually have a lot of people listening to that show on smart speakers, I guess, because you can like, yeah, put it, maybe it's like in your bedroom when you fall asleep at night and you put it on those relaxing sounds on the smart speaker. That's really my only experience with that. Um, the rise of voice assistants. Yeah. There's a lot of like AI voices now or like websites where you can go on and pick like if you want male or female or like a deep voice or a high voice or whatever, a casual voice or like a exciting voice. Um, and yeah, I guess you can like, you can have them whatever, like read your blog or, or, or re reproduce your podcast or read your transcript, create an audiobook, whatever. Um, it's interesting. I, I don't really know. I, I'm interested. I don't know exactly where it's going. I feel like the voices are getting pretty good. You could still tell that it's fake, but they do sound pretty damn good. It'll be interesting to see what happens with that. Um, I wouldn't give too much thought to it now, but it could be cool for like something. I've actually even been thinking about this. Yeah, with like ebook or blogs and then maybe turning that into a podcast, but one that I don't read that I just go to one of these websites and pay for whatever the serve like monthly fee is and and ha um you know, have one of these AI voices like read that content and repurpose that into another podcast or some other something that people can consume audibly. What advice would you give to African podcasters who are just starting out and looking to build a successful and sustainable podcasting career. For African podcasters just starting out, I would say 
this goes back to the networking. I would say try to start connecting with people. Try to connect with Tony. Connect with other people in the industry that that you see are are making moves or people that are maybe in your own community. I think internationally, um, podcasts are growing. Dude, so many different languages now. They have shows. And you know, for a long time, it's been about like the US or whatever, Europe. But I think we're going to see the international market continue to grow. Um, and there's probably like market share that you can grab in that, that you can become, you know, the go-to person in your community. You can start to get together with other people, um, in your state or city or country, maybe start building Facebook groups or start building, um, you know, discords and start to just try to, I don't know if you want to be the person that that rallies for this or research what's already going on and try to get involved with what people um, in your community are doing and sharing tips and successes and guesting on each other's podcasts. And I think that's the best way to grow it um, is organically DIY. I come from a big like DIY organic background with my podcast and uh, with like endeavors that I've done. And I think um, there's one, I think it's more fun Two, I think long-term you can build a lot of success like that uh, and feel like you have ownership. So keep it going. Thank you so much for doing this, Eric. Really grateful. All right, dude. Thanks, man. What's up, guys? This is Eric of the Podcast Haven, and you're listening to Into the Podverse with Tony Doe. If you want to learn more from Eric, be sure to check out his podcast, Clipped, where he provides invaluable tips and resources for podcasters. Link is in the show notes. Remember, podcasting success lies not only in monetization strategies, but also in collaboration, networking, and fostering meaningful relationships with the podcasting community. As you embark on your podcasting journey, don't be afraid to connect with fellow creators, both locally and internationally. Together, we can propel the industry forward and create a thriving podcasting ecosystem. Thank you for listening. It is. Who you think it was? Again, and yo, eagle eye view from the Kilimanjaro. Way above the clouds with my eye on the sparrow. Walks past the air, invading your space. Sneaking through your ears, change the look of your face. The storyteller in this digital era. Could tell I got my groove back like my name was Stella. The vibe is Stella. But the message and the teller intertwine and defining the error. To those who oppose, I hereby propose. The fist to the jaw, would you prefer the nose? As the story goes, everybody knows. Mr. Tony Yo, come correct with the flow. Hey yo, as the God podcaster, uh, as well known as the chief of broadcaster, care to bring the peace to the world over. Haters can't connect, best to move over.